Hey everybody, this is Dan from Bloody Spork. I just wanted to record this brief intro super quickly to say thank you for checking us out. This first episode might be a little rough, but I promise we'll only get better with time. So please be sure to subscribe, rate us five stars, all that good stuff, and stick with us. I think we got a really fun thing going on here. And like I said, it's only going to get better. That being said, we did do a bit of a cold intro. So I'm about to say okay, really loud in your ear whenever this is over. Once again, thanks for checking us out and goodbye. Okay. That counts. I'm Let's Dan. I'm Dan. That's Gavin. I'm Gavin. That's Hi. Gavin. Yep. We said it at the same time. And we are here bringing forth an actual project that I've committed to for once. This is the Bloody Spork podcast. Today, we'll be talking about James Wan's 2021 Malignant. Uh, but before what we is get known into as, that, hold on, Dan. If you didn't know, it was awarded shit take of the year as <laughs> quite possibly the only rival to Evil Dead 2 as comedy horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> but go totally, ahead, Dan. Totally legitimate. <laughs> um, not at all made up. He's correct. Uh, so let's see here. Before we get into that, just a quick intro to ourselves. And our quick history of our lives with horror. Growing up, I wasn't super into horror. I didn't get into it until probably like early teens, uh, late 90s baby. So kind of missed all the primetime movies coming out uh, just after Scream came out. So we grew up in the age of the remakes where all the good movies were getting remade really poorly. Uh, take that as you will. My favorite movies, uh, other James Wan movie, Insidious and that's that gavin do you want to give anything off yeah i mean as for me um my introduction to horror was i uh went and bought a vhs tape copy of army of darkness at a yard sale next to my house and the cover looked pretty interesting my mom's like yeah go ahead turn it on and didn't sleep for like three days and it's not even the most scary movie but i was maybe eight (laughs) but i'm also a late 90s kid so you know a lot of the movies that i got to see at a young age were like you know some of the absolute worst movies that i love 13 ghosts house of haunted house on haunted hill remake ghost ship and other not dark castle productions movies (laughs) um oh ghost ship is so good i love ghost ship but anyway yeah so we're pretty much the same boat i'd say one of my my favorite movies big bruce campbell guy just finished the ash versus evil dead series waited a little too long to watch that but you know masterpiece um and then i think you you said insidious my probably my favorite is sinister but you already knew that yeah yeah those are those are both bangers we'll have to go over which are funny enough like 2009 and 2010 respectively so yeah yeah i was looking into it so getting into malignant uh like i said directed by james wan production done by atomic monster who i've never heard of before this but pretty sick little logo that flashed at the beginning there uh before we get into spoilers we'll try to give a a brief little discussion non-spoiler 
Ask on the movie, in case you want to pause this, go watch it, and then come back. Please come back. Thank you. Um, basically, <laughs> what I, I like, like I said, I've watched a lot of James Wan's films, all the way from like the super grounded Saw in two thousand four to, like I said, Insidious, and almost everything in between. And Malignant is kind of just like I, I don't even know. It, it seems like James Wan was just given an amount of money and they were like yeah just do it everyone it doesn't matter who cares dan if you wouldn't mind me interjecting real quick um atomic monster i also you know hadn't heard of him according to their wikipedia page it is james wan's production studio oh. um and their first movie was annabelle in 2014 um oh, interesting some of their upcoming movies is the Salem's Lot remake, which I'm so excited for. Mm. I love Salem's Lot. Excuse me. And then uh, apparently in development is Van Helsing remake, which I'm also super excited <laughs> for. All right. Well, just some quick numbers for you. Um, maybe you looked it up ahead of time. I hope you didn't. If you had to give a guess for the Rotten Tomato score on Malignant, what Uh-oh. would you guess? Are we going? Are we saying critic or uh, critic? Critic first, and then we'll do the okay. score. Okay. All right. Critic score. Yeah. I'm gonna give you a range. Is it less than thirty percent? No, way higher. For critic score. <laughs> okay. <laughs> way higher. All right. I'll only take another guess for this. Um, is it like sixty-five percent? Closer. Uh, so the critic score from 169 reviews is actually 76%. Let's go. <laughs> and then if you had That's to guess surprising. for the audience score. Well, now I feel like the audience score is going to be lower. Um, it is lower. That's crazy. Is that one like in the 50s? It is. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So the audience score is actually 52% from 500 plus verified ratings. Just a quick rundown on some other numbers. Uh, re- theatrically released on September 10th, 2021, uh, was also available to stream on HBO Max right away. The film grossed 34 million against a budget of 40 million, which I'm surprised. I, I honestly, I think with everything happening, um, in the world, prime COVID, you know, yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, pretty much last year when it was running rampant all over again. So, Still technically a loss, but it sucks that it had to open to stream. I don't know how like streaming affects the uh, box office numbers. Obviously, it just doesn't contribute. But either way, I'm do sure. you do you happen to know what their marketing strategy was for this movie? Because I feel like that ha- might have something to do with it. Honestly, that's a fair point. I don't remember seeing any trailers for this. That's movie. what I'm. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Which is. Interesting. It actually, so I'm looking at it now. Uh, it actually made more internationally than it did in the U.S. It has I think a I twenty million dollar international box office and thirteen million domestic. I think I read before that um, it's based on something else. Like mm. that's that's international. You uh, think that's like okay. why? Maybe that would make sense. I think I, it's uh, um, something Italian or something. Let me check. You can keep talking. I'll look yeah. it up. And- <laughs> um, so, like we are saying, we didn't see a lot of promo for it, but I'm a James Wan enthusiast, so I eventually found out about it. I probably watched it for the first time 
earlier this year. I bought it on DVD uh, or Blu-ray, I should say. And so this is my second time watch through. And honestly, it's still like a crazy bloody mess. It's still, like I said, it seems like James Wan was just given this budget and was like, hey, man, whatever you want to do, dude, we just need to put out a movie. But now that you say that it's his production, it makes even more sense that he just did whatever he wanted to do. Yeah. I had, I, and in this moment, I have right here, what is Malignant inspired by? Italian horror film, 90 serial killer stories, and imaginary friends in Jane Wan's attempt to uh, reinvent himself within the genre. Genre, sorry, is what it says in an article by decider.com. Interesting, so. interesting. Wow. Well, yeah, I'm not going to provide sources for my numbers. You can just Google it. It's the first result. You'll be all right. We made them up. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, everything we're saying is just a lie. Um, but I think we're not going to fact check, it. so yeah. we're not scared. <laughs> if that's that for the non spoiler section, I think we will probably just jump right into it. Uh, we don't really have a formula or a format yet, so this is just as blind for us as it is for everyone listening. Yeah. So, let's just get into it, I guess. Okay, so the movie starts with a cold open. We open up to a gigantic castle-looking building, which is actually just Simeon Research Hospital in the year mm-hmm. 1993. We are quickly introduced to uh, Dr. Florence Weaver. Uh, she's being recorded is talking to the camera about Gabriel growing strong and malicious. Bleh, malicious. I'm using too big of words. Uh, <laughs> and so... She's discussing this. All of a sudden, we get security jumping in saying that Gabriel has gotten out again. And I wrote down, I have a few fun and quirky quotes because, man, some of the dialogue in this movie (laughs) is bad. Uh, Uh, Security describes Gabriel as drinking electricity, whatever that means. mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) So they quickly leave the building. And they're running through some halls or whatever. We get a shot of probably the sweatiest security guard I've ever seen in my entire life. He's, I guess, uh, Gabriel's in this room. He doesn't know how to open a door, uh, especially he's got like a tranquilizer gun. Uh, he goes to open the door. Soon as he opens the door, snapped right in half his forearm. You, you see bones exposed. And that, disgusting. that leads to my very first question of the movie. Did he use his little T-Rex arms to do that? <laughs> or did he use the backwards ninja ability that he has? Oh Which, it, sorry, we did not there yet. But like, <laughs> if you've seen the movie, <laughs> you already this. know. <laughs> you already know. Like I said, this is, our, this is my second time. I believe both of our second time watching through at least. So we already have a premise, obviously. So watching it back. None of like some of these early scenes make no sense at all. Because you cannot tell me that his little lobster limb cracked this guy's forearm like I'm watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, like. But also it doesn't make any sense because, again, like, so he's security. He's been working at this building. Mm-hmm. He knows what Gabriel is, I'm sure. Why is he so close to the door to use <laughs> a tranquilizer gun? 
because it's not like a little pistol it's like a rifle built like long barrel and he's as close as possible to this door and pays the price uh so (laughs) we have some electric stuff going off like lights popping uh we find out that dr weaver is the best shot in the building apparently because she gets gabriel down in one shot uh we then see the body get strapped up and dragged away uh interesting shot here uh we see the we see the patient that got strapped up is wearing panda socks um (laughs) and then we Uh, witness the crazy head thing fetus which again very interesting it doesn't really make any sense that was my exact note. I say Gabriel <laughs> equals Leatherface Fetus. That was what I. That's good. That was what That's I wrote. <laughs> you know what? Honestly, I can picture it perfectly. So we have, at this point, what is essentially a random doctor. We hear a voice over the radio, uh, which I found out voiced by Ray Chase. Never heard of him, but he's a video game voice actor as well. They got him to do just Gabriel's voice. Was uh, this part voiced by him, though? Because this was a child's voice over the oh, radio. Oh, oh, oh. Later, <laughs> his electrical voice grows up deeper. You're and right, it's fair. puberty and is an adult <laughs> somehow. Totally makes sense. You're right. Fair enough. Uh, we have a random doctor who we figure out the name of later. I can't find it right now. We get there when we get there. He makes the great. He said he's broadcasting his thoughts. Thank you. Obviously, <laughs> that was really good. That's good. Are you commentary. sure this isn't a new station? <laughs> this is good commentary. And then we quickly see uh, Weaver refers to Gabriel as a cancer and gives us a line. It's time to cut out the cancer, which trust me, that's going to come back. Believe yes. it or not. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> we cut to our title card. We get a bunch of weird medical images, just random things, literally like slides of eyes blinking, slides of eyes blinking, some weird spinal surgeries happening occasionally. None of these images really correlate. You get like two shots of the spinal surgery, which is actually relevant. And that is about it. I think they show like cutting the T-Rex arm off. Yeah. Which it is, it just doesn't make sense. Quite disgusting. I have it's, to say it's, it's a, it's an interesting set of uh, medical images they use. So then we cut away. We resume back in present day, which I guess is just 2021. They don't specify any other year. Uh, we open with a pregnant Annabelle Willis playing Madison Mitchell. Uh, Annabelle Willis. I don't Wallace Willis. No, Harris. Wow. Wow, I, dude, beast. Keep keep it up. <laughs> I somehow wait a second. Where did I get Harris from? Oh no. I promised my note. Okay, okay, okay. I wrote down Harris in our outline. I don't mm-hmm. know where that came from. Her name is Annabelle Wallace. Uh, oh, so you you knew. Okay. <laughs> yes, I have it physically written down. Annabelle Wallace. Uh, known best for apparently she's in Peaky Blinders. I don't know, never seen it, but never seen it. Trash, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's our star here, our leading lady. And like I said, we open with a pregnant her, she walks into a baby room that she has designed, and then we meet her husband, who's got to be one of the biggest dicks I've ever seen in a movie. If you had to pick your top three names for this guy, what would they be? <laughs> And if you don't pick 
Derek, <laughs> then you picked the three wrong names. Because yeah. there was only his name had to have been Brad or Derek. <laughs> there's, there's the only there's two options. Uh, yeah, for how he is, there's no other name plausible. Potential for Chuck. Chuck yeah. would have been an acceptable <laughs> name as well. It's so bad. Uh Derek's just a jerk. He blames her for their past miscarriages. Best line in the movie right there. (laughs) Maybe you should stop getting pregnant. Falcon punch through the wall. Best moment in the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you should stop getting pregnant. Maybe you should stop sleeping with her, dude. I don't know. So Obviously, he doesn't know how it works. (laughs) So we see him... He throws her head into a wall. We get a loud crunch. It does not sound like a head hitting a wall. It sounds like a movie actor fight scene choreography punch instead, but whatever. (laughs) Um, He instantly regrets it because, of course, he does. Uh, He walks out, says he's going to get her ice. She locks the door behind him, and she's bleeding heavy. Uh, She ends up passing out. We cut to later in the night. We see Derek is sleeping on the couch. And then here's some clanging in the kitchen. Uh, he wakes up. He's rattled. He doesn't know what's going on. The blender turns on randomly. We have the fridge opening. And then I'll give it I'll. I didn't realize. I don't think I saw this the first time. So he walks into, I guess, the living room or their bedroom. I'm not sure. The schematics of the house make minimal sense. Um, yeah, for real. <laughs> the TV. And we'll get more on. into that later. Yeah. <laughs> the TV turns on. We actually see the back of Maddie's head sitting on the couch for a split second while the TV's on, and then it cuts off, cuts to black, lights cut on. Maddie's disappeared, and then out of nowhere, camera flips. We see Derek up against a wall, and then this black aura. It has like. In this scene, it has like no being. It kind of just literally looks like a black fog almost. Uh, and it doesn't look like it, but Derek's neck gets snapped in the scene. It looks more like he's just kind of like playfully pushed into a doorpost. Uh, but no, <laughs> that is a neck snap. Uh, but then they show him later. Yeah. And he oh looks like God. he got folded up into a pretzel. <laughs> it's so bad. Uh Maddie wakes up. She starts to explore the house. Then she runs from the black aura. She gets knocked out again. Poor lady. Unfortunate, really. Uh, She's unconscious. The cops are coming to look at the house. They're trying to label it as a uh, home invasion Mm -hmm. with no evidence of a break-in. So that's really good. Uh, It's here that we're introduced to Detective Kikoa. Kakoa. Kakoa Shaw. What a name. Don't know where that one comes from. Detective Kakoa Shaw, played by George Young. Not sure. Let's. George Young is a British actor, apparently. Hmm. Okay. British? Yep. <laughs> That's what it says here. Okay. Uh, I'm not seeing anything else big from him that I've seen. Seems like Malignant is his biggest role. Uh, apologies if that's ignorant. but that's all i'm seeing anyway uh he sees the body he just gives it a fat old and i quote holy shit uh this neck this neck snapping is disgusting you see about three or four vertebrae just sticking upwards out of the side of his neck and it's bad what is the um 
evidence girls or like whatever she is her name the evidence girl's name is uh winnie in the movie Win- right winnie yeah what does she say i've only seen this in a car crash yeah something like that she's like weirdly excited about this for some reason yeah like i i no, I don't get it actually. I probably... as she's eye fucking <laughs> Kakoa. <laughs> Honest, and it's and that, and if you think that's happening, it is. It doesn't go anywhere. There's like these random little bits of like flirtatious behavior mixed in. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, this Kakoa guy he gets bitches. Like I think the this little flirtatious scene is the first notice to me, at least, mm-hmm. that this movie is a true shit take. <laughs> Other than maybe her acting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So unfortunately for Winnie here, Winnie is played by Ingrid. Last name. Mm. Yes. Not sure how to pronounce that. It's spelled B-I-S-U. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother. Fun fact about Ingrid. She's not an actor. She's just one of the writers for the film. So it's really good. She has about, five minutes total of screen time and they're all spent flirting with Kakoa and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh, so we're then quickly introduced to Sydney, who is uh, Madison's sister. Uh, Sydney is played by Maddie Hassan. Hassan. Uh, she's a fun character. I, after this rewatch, I've come to decide she's my favorite character in this movie. She actually puts out the performance of a lifetime in this, in this movie. Uh, it says here she starred in a YouTube premium series impulse. I didn't know. Not never seen it. Trash. That Um, probably anyway. No, but like in all seriousness, her acting, I'm trying to think of if any other person in this movie actually tried right um maybe regina (laughs) (laughs) regina regina who we're about to meet gives a good or no technically i already met her but she has a bit she has a bigger role throughout the movie her her role good oh she gives off a great bad cop yes that's what i was gonna say but kakoa isn't a good cop in general so she unfortunately doesn't have a good uh i don't know uh there's no she doesn't have a good opposite that's not what i'm trying to say there's a more intelligent way to say it but she doesn't have a good cop to her bad cop behavior so it kind of just makes her stand out really harsh they just went with like skeptic goofball but he's not even really a goofball he just can't notice that people want to have sex with him (laughs) and also can't do his job as a cop whereas regina's like oh it's her yeah at the very very beginning <laughs> so there's like oh she did it yeah so we're still uh we're still in the hospital there's a quick little interview with the sister from kakoa uh we find out that maddie lost the baby that she was pregnant with this time as well uh kakoa reveals that She's apparently had multiple miscarriages, and this is when Cindy reveals that she didn't know about any of them. Uh, we then cut away from the hospital. We see that Seattle landmark, whatever it's called. Uh, I should know more about U.S. stuff. Uh, no one goes to Seattle. 
for real. It's I, is it literally just called? It's the Seattle Needle. The, Anybody the, listening from Seattle, <laughs> get fucked. No. <laughs> uh, we shows us a quick shot of the Seattle Space Needle. That's how we know where we are. Uh, yeah, we, pretty much. <laughs> that's like the only indication. So that's really cool. Thanks for that. Uh, we then go to the room where they examine dead bodies. There's a specific name. Can't tell you right now. Morgue. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> they're looking at Derek's bodies. Regina makes the point that the handprints are upside down on the neck, which obviously doesn't make any sense. And Kakoa points out, he's like, does anything else match up with that? And Regina's like, there's not footprints on the ceiling, if that's what there's you're no referring footprints to. footprints on the ceiling. <laughs> it's just like, just awesome. Sass machine. This is, right. I was like, really good. So let's see. We then... Regina is quick to try and pin it on Maddie. She says something like abusive ex-boyfriend. That's the perfect motive. It's trying to like say it's a revenge kill. Fair, I guess. That's what they're supposed to do. But uh, she then starts, we cut away. Maddie goes home. She's staring out a window for like an excessively long time. We don't see anything. I like went by almost frame by frame and she's just staring out this window. It's dark outside and that's it. I don't see anything. I don't understand the purpose of this, but I think in my first viewing, I didn't have my brightness up Mm because I was watching like in my living room and the sun was out and I (laughs) couldn't see it. But I think in my first viewing, as you probably can imagine, um, Gabriel is standing under the light post Mm-hmm. but it is very hard to see mm-hmm. and you would think as somebody that can control electricity he would turn the light on right. <laughs> but instead he turned it off to make an appearance and he sucks okay <laughs> uh we then get a really cool uh top down like shot from the roof almost i love it's, that it's, yeah, it's, that it was cool. really we just see maddie running through her house um we then uh, whatever it is that she saw outside that i didn't see starts banging on her door it stops we then get a quick little epic security montage she's boarding up her windows she's putting in dead bolts uh sydney tries to come visit she's able to unlock one lock but that's it because there's about 12 dead bolts on it uh she then ends up c- climbing through a window so she like <laughs> knocks on the window to get her attention and then just climbs through the window instead of saying, hey, unlock the front door. I, I mean, you're already there. <laughs> you might as well just go through it. Uh, we then, this is uh, one of our, one of my first favorite lines comes from Sydney. She says, no one deserves to die that way, but fuck him. <laughs> really good. Thank you, Sydney. That's good. You're right. <sighs> Looked uh, like a human lawn chair. <laughs> no one deserves to die. <laughs> well. Not, okay, also, <laughs> giant hole in the wall. She goes, I'm so sorry. <laughs> that's that's all you have to say? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, at this point, we quickly find out Maddie was adopted at eight years old. Cindy didn't know. I guess that's something you wouldn't tell. I, I, I don't know. I'm not adopted. But... They look not similar at all. <laughs> I probably would have guessed that if I was Cindy. Uh, Cindy, Sydney, whatever. I don't care what her name is. <laughs> it's, 
We then jump cut, just completely disregard everything. We jump cut to a random underground history tour. Most uh, pointless scene in the whole movie. Just could have cut out this whole 10 minute this thing. Whole, we, I won't expose who the character is yet because you might just be able to figure it out just from us talking about it. Uh, but regardless, we're in an underground history tour. There, the tour ends. She's turning off all the lights. There's then these like loud clanking, clanging sounds from like this corridor hallway, whatever you want to call it. This woman goes to investigate the sounds right after unplugging everything. <laughs> Why would you not uh, just plug everything back in? You're the only person there. Or, or leave. Or leave. Or leave. <laughs> <laughs> One of my biggest pet peeves with any horror movie ever is when the characters just act like idiots. Yeah. Sometimes it's justifiable. This, not even close. This is an I'll, old. This is an older woman hearing creepy sounds in the underground. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a history tour of how she's saying like how New Seattle was built on old Seattle. She saw everyone leave. Why are you going to investigate this? It doesn't make any sense. Regardless, it's, of course, uh, Gabriel. He's somehow Spider-Man stuck in the corner of the ceiling. Uh, we get a pretty gnarly zoom in as he jumps on her. Uh, and then she ends up wake- She ends up being tied up and taped up uh, in what looks like an attic, pretty much. I will say, I won't, I won't say this part until we get further along, but her acting like that while looking for whoever was making the sound made me really confused as to why when Derek was looking around his kitchen, he was like noticeably confused. Whereas she was just like, Oh, there's something there. He, he like when the fridge opened, he literally said, what the fuck? <laughs> like he was, he like, he wasn't doing the stereotypical walk around, like looking, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, hard yeah. to explain. He was no. noticeably reacting differently to the, mysterious phenomenon than this woman was and mm-hmm. i appreciated derek's attempt <laughs> to act like a normal person in that situation yeah where he was she, like yeah. where she and, and she was just walking around in the dark <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's just derek gets a point for that <laughs> but minus a point for almost killing his wife but just 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 <laughs> minus one point he's a neutral character at this point yeah he's no longer a bad guy in my eyes <laughs> So we then jump cut to current day Dr. Weaver, who gets a call from what is Gabriel, because it's the same staticky voice. But like Gavin said earlier, it's all grown up. We get a puberty, mature, deep voice for Gabriel. And then Dr. Weaver walks away to a cabinet and pulls out a patient folder for Emily May. We then cut away back to Madison and she's doing laundry She's walking downstairs and sees a figure run in front of her. We then get your atypical electrical whirring. She has a headache. She grabs the back of her head. And this is where we get our first major kill. So she's, like I said, doing your laundry. She looks into her washer door and oh sees. God, that was so. <laughs> it's pretty wild. She looks into the washer door and sees Weaver staring back at her. We then get a pretty sick, like, dissolve, melt-away transition, and we are instantly back into Weaver's home. 
Uh, Maddie is frozen kind of on in like a crab walk type of formation almost. And then we jump to just Gabriel destroying this old woman. I'm talking late 90s WWF throwing her around <laughs> like she's less than 10 pounds. It's ridiculous. Uh, we get a little bit of irony. I don't know how ironic it's supposed to be. Uh, Gabriel stabs her to death with her best surgeon award. Uh, perf- well, which- no, he doesn't stab her. He bludgeons her with the <laughs> with the marble bottom as we see brain matter flying around the kitchen. And we get and, and surprise, it's for whatever reason, this surgeon award is perfectly shaped like a knife blade. I've never seen any. Usually your awards are just like square, rectangular plaques or like circular, spherical. This is a knife. That's it. I don't understand who is legitimately receiving this reward. I know. Either way, Gabriel hits her with a badass. I show you what the cancer has become as he's just beating her over the head. Mm, Great line. Just full of great lines, this movie. So (laughs) we then cut to this murder being investigated. Uh, Gabriel obviously stole the knife part of the award. This is this is the first like openly bit of Winnie flirting. Uh, Kakoa says... (laughs) Kakoa says, need to find that missing half, to which Winnie replies, don't we all? And he walks away. Pointless. Pointless. Cold this, as ice. <laughs> this, is, this is a 30-second scene, and this can get cut. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, no, yeah, there's no, no purpose, no value, nothing. I think before they walk over to her absolutely massacred face, uh, I think it's Regina. She says tough broad she put up a fight till the end yeah no she didn't (laughs) we literally watched it she was getting pieced up (laughs) it was no fight no fight whatsoever oh my god uh kakoa walks over to the case file picks up a picture of a little girl this also the like i understand why this little bit it happens i'll dive into it a little bit more in a little bit but this this little girl it's so obviously maddie <laughs> it hurts because they give the little girl the same stupid haircut that maddie has as an adult as if that's just it she only had one hairstyle her entire life yeah. uh we well, get don't a, we all <laughs> we get a quick little spiel the strapped up lady still in the attic she's trying to escape uh jump ahead Maddie's trying to explain to Sydney that he that she saw him murdering her in her house, right? So she's trying to explain this to Kakoa and Regina, and says that, like what I just said, that she saw him. And honestly, kudos to Sydney, because if anybody was trying to tell me this bullshit, I'm just gonna say, hey man, maybe it's time we talk to like serious she's, help. She's a ride or die. She's <laughs> For, like. Sydney is so supportive throughout this entire movie. Everything is fact. Yes. Nothing she says is like, a lie. It's so crazy. How, she's just like, and she talks in a way that like, she's not a hundred percent believing, but also she's giving enough support to where Maddie doesn't feel like she's insane. And like I said, just kudos. Uh, so the doctor from the beginning, who said the stupid thing about radio talk or whatever, that, dumbass line i mentioned earlier we cut to him 
we get a curtain reveal from Gabriel standing behind him, but the kill doesn't happen there. We do get a nice little fake out from under the bed. Oh my god! <laughs> it remind it obviously reminds me so heavily of the uh, pet cemetery where the little boy cuts what's his name's Achilles. Does it remind you of Evil Dead when the guy gets a pencil to the Achilles? That too, that too. But my Oof. my first my first thing was the, the thinking of that because he has the knife. Obviously, so I'm thinking don't don't slice his Achilles. You will never, ever in a million years t- hear me say that reminded me of Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Original Pet Cemetery. Both of them are trash. Ah. Books trash. Movies trash. <laughs> Stephen King's old. Uh, <laughs> so, Matt, we see Maddie wake up next to Dr. Gabriel. That's his name. Uh, nope, that's not correct. That is false. <laughs> Doc, I, it's, a, it's Dr. Dot. Gabriel crawls over her. I think Whoopsies. it's John or something. Might be. Uh, this doctor just gets murdered. Regardless, big fat guy. <laughs> Absolutely dead. murdered. Uh, oh, so, okay. So I misspoke earlier. Now we're talking to the cops. And again, Sydney's so supportive. She says, she's just saying whatever. She says, maybe uh, Maddie and the attacker formed a psychic bond. Just like I said, the most supportive sister in the world. <laughs> we get we get a funny Regina has a few funny lines. We get Wikipedia Brown solve the case. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, because uh, basically Maddie is telling them about the murder of the old man, but they haven't investigated the murder themselves. So they go check it out. Regina points out that they're only checking this out because uh, Kakoa and Sydney have some unspoken interest again no point in any love interest in this movie whatever we see the doctor's face absolutely mangled disgusting he literally i was just thinking and i wrote this down i was like thank god that he didn't get evil deaded (laughs) and then my the next note i have is proceeds to get infamous deadliest warrior marine (laughs) stab scene (laughs) because when that kill I was that has to be one of the funniest things I've ever seen the backwards arm just like Harry Potter whisking (laughs) his wand around barely touching the face but then he's just completely decimating the guy (laughs) is the the best kill I've ever seen in any movie Uh, (laughs) we get another funny line here we go back to the police station Uh, Maddie was talking to a sketch artist Regina says and I quote so you're telling me I'm putting out a bolo for sloth from the Goonies because this sketch that she, this sketch artist, you know, great at their job. Cause this is the funniest fucking sketch imaginable for what Gabriel. It looks like is. Gabriel. <laughs> it does. It's so good. Uh, okay. She goes to the bathroom. She gets a call. And this is where we find out that Maddie is Emily. It might've been revealed earlier, but this is my first note of it. I'm pretty sure this is the first reveal. Uh, Earlier, like I said, so the ch- the child's photo was given to this other officer named Bosca. He then assumes that Maddie was brought in because he ages the photo perfectly. Yeah, it's just not real at all. And it's not, not real. If you've ever <laughs> seen any photo aging ever, it is not this good. The only reason it looks this good is because the children's photo looks exactly like her we didn't even need this aging to happen you can see (laughs) the stupid haircut and the stupid hair color and be like oh hey that's the same person yeah uh so 
because we find out Maddie is Emily, we find out by proxy that Maddie was ultimately Weaver's patient. Uh, We jump cut. We meet the adoptive mom. She throws on a VHS of Maddie's ninth birthday. Wait, she didn't have any friends. you're missing a huge part. Am I? The mom takes off her oxygen mask and then is not seen with it on for the rest <laughs> of the movie. That's right. And she's in a wheelchair for some Why time. was she wearing that if she obviously doesn't need yeah, it? I don't, for whatever reason, they make the adoptive mom like so decrepit just to do it. She's got an and, oxygen and- mask. She's in a wheelchair. I don't know why. And she, and it's not even like you know the just nose oxygen mask. It's a full face yeah. oxygen mask. Yeah. Like she's getting resuscitated, <laughs> and she just takes it off, never puts it back on. She, <laughs> like I, I hate that so much. That really bugged me for the rest of the movie. Uh, we find out Maddie was basically a freak as a child. Didn't have any friends. Uh, Gabriel told her she was adopted at nine years old. Uh, as a quick fast forward <laughs> to Christmas, Maddie's on a toy phone. Uh, she's uh, essentially speaking to Gabriel. She mentions, I'm not going to hurt the baby. Why would I do that? Mommy's still going to love me even with the baby. So, you know, we're getting <laughs> dad's a little... like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Dad's like, what the fuck? Like, uh, come here, little shit. <laughs> get the fuck off the phone. You're not even related to me. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so Kakoa, this is like his best uh, cop work of the entire movie. He is it? <laughs> is it actually though? <laughs> he manages to put two and two together and figure out the third doctor who's at risk. Uh, we have Doctor Weaver, Doctor Victor Fields, and Doctor Gregory. Victor Fields is the old guy that was already killed. Uh, okay. uh, Gregory is the one, and like I said, best. Uh, this is his shining moment as a cop. He instantly looks up Gregory's address and heads straight there. Alone. Yep. Without a phone or a walkie-talkie <laughs> or anything. Uh, we cut to Maddie. She looks into the mirror, instantly sees uh, Gregory. We get a little bit of suspense, like, ooh, is Kakoa going to make it there in time? He doesn't. Um, we then get the longest chase scene probably in any horror movie Especially, it, it, especially considering the speed that they're going at the entire chase. It at could, least rivals yeah, yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre when she's screaming and running. Yeah, running through the woods. Yeah, yes, because that's long. But yeah. this scene, not only is it long, but it's strategic. And right. yeah, it's the most perfectly executed. Uh, like what is it called? Um, park. You were in the Whittle equipment the whole time, <laughs> like from elementary school. Yeah. And then, so because this was my second watch through, I watched on one and a half speed. And even on one and a half speed, the scene was long. This chase scene, like I said, longest chase scene. And with something like uh, Chainsaw Massacre, it's at least suspenseful because you can't really see what's going on. She's running through the woods. Screaming. It's it's actually a good movie. Uh, So (laughs) There's that. (laughs) So you're actually on edge. You're like, oh shit. Like, oh my God, oh my God. But this is just a chase scene where it's just like crazy hardcore parkour most perfectly executed chase scene of all time he's dodging bullets he's dodging he's bullets he's kicking <laughs> a brick wall yeah, to Ga- get to where he wants to go <laughs> gabriel kicks in a random section of a brick wall and it works out perfectly for him and it honestly when he kicks it in it looks like it's only big enough for him to fit but then kakawa just slides on through just fine it really doesn't matter 
And then we get to the scene <laughs> with the wagon. He pushes a wagon in front of Kakoa. And you're like, okay, he's going to jump from behind him, turn around something. Kakoa opens the wagon door and looks inside. You think he moved it from being inside of it? It's not a car. There's no, you know, he, uh, that there's just so many <laughs> things that don't make any sense. It's so bad. Uh, Why would you look inside? And the, there's windows. You don't need to open it. <laughs> I just. Yeah. So, and yeah, like you said, Gabriel's hiding on top of the wagon. Gabriel knocks down Kakoa and then just doesn't kill him. Has this weird, like, moral compass or something, whatever you want to call it. He's a man on a mission, I guess. Just doesn't kill Kakoa, even though Kakoa is trying to kill him for the past 17 minutes. Doesn't make any sense. Because why would he kill a cop? Yeah, why would he kill wink, a cop? Wink, wink. Wink, <laughs> wink. <laughs> uh, so Kakoa gives Maddie a quick rundown on her past about how she was a patient. Obviously, Maddie doesn't know anything about this. Uh and then they decide to meet with a hypnotherapist, right? Sure. We get, again, transported back to an eight-year-old Maddie scene. Uh, she thinks she's cutting cake. She's about to slice open her adoptive mother with another melt-away scene where she's just standing over top of, over top of her mom holding a knife like it's a cake knife, like she's about to slice a cake. And then we cut back to current day. And Maddie is freaking out. And this hypnotherapist is just staring at her. It's so funny. She's freaking out. We have Sydney here who's telling her to stop. And the hypnotherapist is just sitting there like, man, this is crazy. Wow. When I touch your forehead, you will be back with us. (laughs) She's just fine. This is so stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, my gosh. It's Okay. So we then see the history woman from originally the history tour that's a really bad sentence she gets history lo- woman <laughs> <laughs> she gets loose from the ropes finally and then breaks through maddie's roof so let's talk about this real quick they have an upstairs correct yeah and then they have an attic apparently yep so based on basic house schematics this woman fell through the attic floor, the second story floor, and then onto the first story floor. And we've already seen Maddie's head go through the wall. They made this house out of straw and glue. (laughs) This is the most easily destructible house I've probably seen in a horror movie in a long time. (laughs) Either that or she is the heaviest human being (laughs) that has ever existed. Oh, man. We then get some crazy dramatic music. Maddie's arrested for, I guess they're assuming a a person napping. We get some weird long looks between Sydney and Kakoa. Again, I don't know why, but it happens. Sexual tension. (laughs) So dumb. Sexual tension for no end goal. There's nothing. Nothing happens. They don't even kiss. (laughs) Sorry. Spoiler. Sorry. (laughs) Don't do anything. Uh, we then see uh, Gabriel actually left behind his coveted jacket that he's been wearing and knife in the attic as well. More framing evidence for Maddie. Uh, here we go. Another Regina fun line. 
You got the murder weapon, the coat, the gloves, and Jeffrey Dahmer's workshop in your attic. <laughs> Basically saying you're guilty and there is nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're interviewing Maddie. Maddie doesn't know the woman. Maddie then gets very angry, freaks out, knocks out the lights. Uh, and then Kakoa's phone starts ringing and Gabriel is calling. Maddie mentions that Gabriel wants to speak to him. Uh, we have a good, another good line here from Gabriel. Quote, if my blade had punched a hole in your face last night, would that have been personal? <laughs> I mean, so Maddie was adopted at eight or nine in 1993. So if this movie is set in 2021, that makes her. Uh, Man, you set that up like you had it already. Figured uh, out. <laughs> I wish I did, but I'm not even close uh 2021 uh yeah 28 28 that's not right that is right okay anyway please correct us (laughs) math isn't my strong suit that's why i'm here talking about movies get this this like this little personal joke little little jokey joke that gabriel makes it sounds like a, a, a deeply messed up 13 year old would say it to like mm. their mom on a bad day or on xbox <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> well if i had punched a hole in your face what about that wouldn't that have been personal so uh, really good like i said the dialogue in this movie Whew. we see then sid sydney driving to the hospital from the open so uh simeon hospital that i think right yep Simeon Research yeah. Hospital. Sorry. Uh, we see a nice little welcome to hell graffiti on the wall. Super edgy, really worthwhile. Good shot. Um, definitely spooky. Uh, she's then there to she she makes a big deal about the files that she's trying to find being in the basement, but we just cut to her in the basement with her having the files, and then we just cut away. To her watching the tapes with her mom. I uh, well, like this hospital is set up so it's supposed to be like a scary moment, and she even hears like things getting knocked around while she's there, but nothing happens to her. There's not. not we nothing. need something to happen, but nothing but ever. N- yeah, n- it, at it, all. <laughs> it's it's set up so obviously to be like at least a little spook, but nothing. It's like they wanted to, and then they just didn't. And then they thought, wait a minute, this is a big shit take. We can't put an actual scare in this movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. So we cut to the mom and Sydney, the adoptive mom and Sydney watching the tapes. And so they do an interview with Maddie's real mom, Serena May. And this is when the adoptive mom, I'm sorry, I don't know anybody's names i don't know the adoptive mom's name but regardless uh adoptive mom calls the doctors cock knockers <laughs> so that's good that's probably her best line of the movie respect uh she was full of oxygen so she was able to get that out <laughs> uh for whatever reason they told the adoptive mom that maddie's real mom died during childbirth we get some weird religious angle out of nowhere um, we find out that Maddie slash Emily was raped. I don't know what that has to do with anything. I... No, 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 no. She wasn't. It was the the mom, Serena. 
Oh, right. Sorry. You're right. I misspoke. <laughs> we find out that Serena was raped. Uh, regardless, still not a necessary detail. Yeah, she could have just had kids. Really, yeah, I mean, because it really didn't need so, to be. So, like I said, they take a random religious angle. They say she was raped. She's only 15. Um, so Serena's mom, who we're not introduced to, but for the sake of the scene, is mentioned. Uh, Serena's child, Maddie, is an abomination to God um, and something that Serena couldn't rightfully take care of. So this is when they reveal that Serena was the one in Maddie's attic. Uh, we then get a little old video of Emily explaining Emily slash Maddie. I'm just, just going to keep calling her Maddie. But if I say Matt, if I say Emily, it's Maddie uh, explaining how Gabe essentially possesses her to do bad things. Um, We then get more videos of this entire half person, Michael Myers-esque, not Michael Myers, uh, Leatherface-esque half person fetus growing out of Emily's back. Uh, Weaver said that she had sedated it. And she's now going to wake it up. And it's just the most grotesque thing. Yes. Like, if you think the chest bursting scene from Alien is bad, or <laughs> even like face huggers, bro, these are comparable. Like, this thing looks like a predator's face almost. It's, I like all the things we've got wrong. The discomfort that Gabriel gives to me yeah. <laughs> is exactly what they needed for this yeah, movie they they nailed it with gabriel's design um dr weaver then explains that it's essentially an extreme version of a teratoma and is a parasitic twin leeching off of maddie i wish they would have gave him little tiny baby legs to stick out the back <laughs> and then he just <laughs> then it would have been and then, and then as he grows up instead of what he does he just like crawls on all fours and she's just on his back that he... arguably would have been scarier Oh, definitely. We just made the movie better. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just imagine if they shoot like a scene where Gabriel on all fours is like full speed? Uh, I'm going to throw speed. up. Oh, Stop. My. <laughs> <laughs> it's like running like a dog at somebody. Disgusting. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we then cut to the holding cell. The female prisoners begin bullying Maddie. Uh, Please describe the female prisoners. <laughs> These one are, these one are, woman from every decade for the past five uh, decades. Yeah, we get some weird, we get a weird like 80s, 90s rocker, blonde chick who's all tattooed and got piercings. And we get some random like 60s, 70s lady with a big old afro wearing pure cheetah print. Like, Pumps not, and a gold chain. For some, like <laughs> all of these people are somehow in the same room for doing a crime. It and then somebody's peeing. And they have the pee sound in the movie. Why? You just hear a random tinkling, and then it's like, it's like, hey, keep your head up, princess, or something. I don't even know who says it or who they're talking to. But Why do they have to have the pee sound. <laughs> then we get jump cuts back and forth. I don't know why they did this, but whatever. We get jump cuts between Gabriel being surgically removed from eight-year-old Maddie and Gabriel taking over in real time of Maddie's body in the holding cell. Maddie getting the, the brakes beat off of her. For real. The 
prisoners are beating the shit out of this poor girl. She's been through so much this for season. nothing, for no Literally, reason, <laughs> just for existing, just for walking in this holding cell. They're like, "Hey, man, let's just beat her ass." Like that's just it. There's no inciting incident. They just do it to do it. And then and they I, ended I, racism <laughs> by having the, the white biker mullet woman and the 1970s disco black woman team up to beat this poor girl into a pulp for no reason it was the arnold schwarzenegger other guy black and white hand (laughs) winning together meme to beat the fuck out of maddie so firstly gigantic holding cell yeah second it's just women how yeah. rich is this precinct? They have multiple holding cells for men and women. Is that a yeah. real thing? Like, is that how uh, actual yeah, precincts are? Yeah, we, we uh, any idea? I could have swore there'd probably just be one big room, but what do I know? Uh, we then get the craziest transformation scene. Uh, oh, if you haven't God. figured it out by now, Gabriel is essentially grown back and takes over her body. So I found out that Gabriel is actually physically played by a contortionist. Her name is Marina Mazipa, something. Sorry. Sorry, Marina. Um, (laughs) But she, I mean, this, this scene is disgusting. You see her hands like and arms like fold in on themselves. You get disgusting bone snaps. She genuinely, she reaches back, peels her scalp off essentially and Mm -hmm. opens her skull. And Gabriel's ugly little fleshy ratty face is exposed and it is disgusting. And we were blessed with another fantastic line. Yo, this bitch is having a seizure. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. It's and then Gabriel just wrecks absolute havoc throughout this entire rips a jugular out. Just breaks yeah. another forearm into a thousand pieces. Oh it's just... my god! There's a really bad CGI scene where uh, Gabriel punches through someone's stomach, and the blood splatter oh. that comes out yeah. the back is some of the worst CGI blood I've ever seen in a movie. It was like it needed to be in 3D, like my bloody right? Valentine yeah. 3D. That's what it needed to be. Her arm just comes out of the screen. Yeah, it's like an early 2000s Mortal Kombat mortality scene. It's not <laughs> yeah. very good. Um, fatality but you almost yeah, had it yep whatever it's fine i don't game um we get <laughs> <laughs> she then just kills all the <laughs> by the way the 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 black one and the white one that teamed up the prisoners uh the black one died right away she's the one that got her jugular step the white prisoner with the blonde mohawk whatever it is she's just throwing every other prisoner at Gabriel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just trying so desperately to get away in this tiny, like 10 by 10 hell and is calling for security. Like they're going to do anything at all. We then get another terribly stupid guard who has a gun is seeing 19 dead bodies or however many they are. And then walks up to the cell door <laughs> for some, you're telling me you see that monstrosity of a creature and you think, let me get closer? No, they're locked up. Walk away, dude. What? And or course, shoot through the cage. <laughs> from a distance. From a distance. He walks up to the door, watches Gabriel walk up to him, and of course he dies. And of course Gabriel is able to unlock the cell because, of course, he needs to be able to get out, even though you know he's shown other freakishly human strength 
you know, just have them bend metal bars. Why not? Who cares? Yeah. Honestly. Uh, we then cut to Sydney. She's driving to the pre or she's driving to the precinct. No, she's driving to the hospital. Uh, we get a phone call between the two of them, which again, another pet peeve of mine, we get the worst exposition dump imaginable <laughs> because in all honesty, this movie has done a really good job. Even if it's like fairly simple, it's done a good job of like giving us all the details that we need. But for some reason they thought these guys, they're not, they just don't get it. They just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. So then we get a scene between Sydney and Kikoa basically explaining everything that we already know about how the attic woman was Maddie's real mom. Excuse me. Gabriel's attached to her. He's been eating the babies. Yeah, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, okay, thank you. We knew all Oh, I know that was later. Apologies. Uh, <laughs> either way, I mean, uh, whatever. I still figured that out before they yeah. said it. <laughs> so they didn't need to say it. So then we get a crazy action scene. Like for a good five minutes or so, this is the greatest action movie of the year. Uh, Gabriel's just loose in the department. Craziest choreography imaginable. Kills an entire department of police officers <laughs> who are supposed to be trained gunmen is just doing the craziest flips dives whatever imaginable to dodge everything there's one sequence where he's jumping over the desks and he's just doing like jacoby jones dancing <laughs> over the desks and they can't hit him it's so it, bad. he's not even moving they're... he's like moving his hips and they're like trying to like predict his movement but he's staying still it was like reverse psychology they're not he, you know he's it was some, these are some bad cops <laughs> so bad uh kakoa finally pulls up on the scene of course he hesitates because it's the maddie side that's facing him so he doesn't shoot the gun mask or cgi do you know because i can't tell uh i honestly can't tell either it looks like trash either way yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. uh because Kakoa hesitated, Gabriel gets away with whatever he was doing. Kakoa. Uh, that reminds me. I think we might have said it. That long chasing, Kakoa was stabbed in the gut. And then he was stabbed. That, he was, and then just does that entire. And then chase. jumps off of a fire escape <laughs> onto a dumpster with no give. Strongest <laughs> dumpster doors I've ever seen. And then got up and kept running like nothing happened. He's, he's at this point, he's got to have, you know, a hematoma coming out of his stomach, <laughs> three broken ribs, probably a broken arm. He's just fine. Oh, man. Uh, we get. <laughs> uh, so Kakoa, I think Kakoa got stabbed again. I'm pretty sure at some point during this whole scene. No, Regina does. Regina. Yeah. Regina gets sliced across the stomach. She put up with, you know, she put up with him the best of any of the fucking cops. She had like I a know, decent one-on-one for like 30. Crazy. When she said uh, the other doctor put up a fight, no, she actually puts up a fight. And then we get the craziest chair shot. Yes. <laughs> Kakoa and Regina are trying to get out of the room. And Gabriel just picks up this chair and just 360s it over his head. And sniper gang, like 20. <laughs> he chucks this thing like it's a paper ball at a trash can and just domes them right over the top of the head Here's for Steve. what reason <laughs> who knows because he doesn't kill them again he just does it to do it I, I, like he doesn't want them to escape but then he just leaves anyway so it doesn't make any sense 
That was geek as shit, though. That was so funny. <laughs> that chair shot is the best scene, honestly. Uh, Gabriel leaves. The evidence girl was hiding, managed to hide from him perfectly fine in the evidence room. She finds Kakoa and uh, Regina. Kakoa leaves, heads towards the hospital. We get a pretty sick kill here. Uh, Sydney is trying to get to uh, the real mom's room. The security guard tries to stop her. And out of nowhere, he says, my pacemaker's heating up or something. And it just implodes in his chest. <laughs> we see some blood splatter on his shirt. It's a really good kill. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> we figure out that Gabriel is basically jealous of Sydney's existence. Uh, Even though I don't know why <laughs> he would be. Right. So the real mom who was tied up for however long she was tied up, fell through multiple floors, absolutely boomed on the, the living room floor, has been in a coma in this entire time, wakes up at the exact perfect moment to tell Gabriel that she's sorry for getting rid of him. And as soon as she does that, Kakoa jumps in, actually gets a shot off. As soon as he shoots, Gabriel does another sick shot and just snipes him again with a knife, catches him right in the shoulder. He's now out of commission. Finally, this is his not killing blow. He's not dead, but now he's finally out of action. Um, this is where we get our second exposition dump. Sydney explains Gabriel was feeding off of Maddie's babies. That's why she's had so many miscarriages. Uh, Gabriel then flips a fucking hospital bed onto Sydney, absolutely decimates her lower half, uh, shoots her in the head, and then suffocates the mom. But then we get another dissolve. Bum, bum, bum. Here's your twist <laughs> ending. It dissolves to black. Maddie was in control the entire time. He's in prison. Ah! Ah, Sydney's still alive. We get a weird. Uh, Gabriel's essentially frozen with the gun held like sideways at Sydney's head. But Maddie's in control now. Those deaths never happen. There's some really weird conversation. They're like just in this black space. Uh, just the two of them, Maddie and Gabriel. That's what her. That's what the her. inside of her brain looks like because oh, yeah. she has no personality or thoughts. <laughs> it's the whole em- movie. <laughs> it's true. It's empty. Her, unfortunately, her character is literally just to be the vessel for Gabriel. That's it. Yeah. Um, she then mentally imprisons him. She is able to just put her skull back together with her own two fingers. As we all do. Yeah. You know, usual. And then, and then, which is, this is at the very end of the movie. This is arguably the craziest scene of the movie. She says, she's trying, she's trying to lift the medical bed up. And Sydney says, you can't do that. Stop. And she's like, it's always been my body. And then just picks this, <laughs> just picks it up and is like, you're good. Like, what? You're telling me this woman is just a bodybuilder on the side? Like, all of a sudden, just because Gabriel was doing it, she can, no. Now this is like a, this is like a precursor for that movie with Bruce Willis where he's a superhero. <laughs> yeah. Whatever that's called. It's <laughs> just split. And then we just, and then it's just the corniest ending we get. Uh, we get Maddie saying, I always yearned for a blood connection, but it was right in front of me the whole time. Sydney has been the best sister throughout this entire movie and is the Literally. only one that bought your nutcase story from the jump. I can only assume she was a good sister growing up. <laughs> what? I know. Well, it's like this, this, this last line makes it sound like they had a terrible relationship or something. I'm frankly, I'm glad she got beat up in the jail cell. I know because she is so ungrateful. <laughs> right. Like what? 
Uh, the movie ends with a little bit of an electrical buzz, I guess, to imply that Gabe is obviously still around. I don't know. Oh, you guys are close. You call him Gabe. Yeah. Sorry. By the end, by the end <laughs> you guys this, are yeah. you guys are boys. We're buddies. Uh, so that's the end of the movie. It's I guess it's technically open to a sequel. I don't know. I, I hope not. It doesn't make any sense to be a sequel. Uh, no, unless, I, I, unless she finally has a kid and it's like hereditarily passed down. I don't know. My takeaway from this movie is that James Wan decided that he could do whatever he wants. And like, he's so good and just his name is so prominent. He just wanted to see if he could make money by making the worst movie he could think of. And, and honestly, not even, yeah. not even promoted as a joke, but it's so clearly a joke. Yeah. Every time something happens, they play that music. And I know you know what I'm, what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every, they all make a face and they play music. Every time something happens, it's so obviously his attempt at like a, it's almost satirical of how yeah. goofy this movie is. Yeah. It's just like you said, basically, it's just like, what can I make and get away with? And honestly, if it didn't open straight to HBO streaming services. I'm a hundred percent sure he would have profited. If yeah, he even, if he even put, right. if he even put a little bit of effort into getting this movie out there, he probably would have profited. Or if they would have done what Black Foam just recently did and just waited three years. Yeah, really. Because then everybody would have been super hyped, like they were for this. Yeah, because then, there hasn't been any crazy James Wan movies. Uh, yeah. I can't. I don't know. The Devil Made Me Do It was pretty good. Did yeah. he? Was he in that? Did he have mm-hmm. a hand in that one? What is it? The Conjuring, the Devil. Oh uh, no, actually. Oh, well, I actually like that one. He, uh, but he did trust it with essentially like his prodigy, I believe, oh, is what okay. I read. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's Malignant, twenty twenty one. Okay, gonna... let's like everyone else give it a rating. I honestly, if you look past all the really bad story... out of six, <laughs> if you look past all the really bad story beats, it's like. It's like a four out of six. I still think it's a fun watch because even though that you can see the twist coming from a mile away, you still don't really ever see it. And people get smoked in this movie. Like yeah, it's not even, the, they the don't ki- mess around. The kills, <laughs> the kills are insane. There's probably the body count here is probably like close to 30, if not low thirties. He kills a lot of people. That, yeah. I the think the apartment scene and the holding cell scene alone are like 30 bodies. Oh yeah. I forgot. That's, that's a lot. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I would say the I love the idea of having the the parasitic twin and all that. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, it's not even like I could have dealt with the dialogue and um, the reaction and everything, but it's just Maddie slash Emily's acting is. But I yeah. think it was on purpose, so I yeah. don't know. Like I think they told her to be like that. Yeah, because like, like, and it makes sense, I guess. She's portrayed as a vessel she's used as a vessel so all she really is is a vessel whether it's a vessel for information or a vessel for gabriel she is just a vessel she doesn't doesn't give it an opportunity to really be herself at any point i can't think of the actor's name but you know the main like blonde from all the scary movies yeah yeah you know how she always acts overly dramatic and just exaggerates everything because it's supposed to be like yeah, that yeah i think that's what they had annabelle hair or not harris <laughs> annabelle <laughs> willis doing yeah that's fair i could see that but not because, as but not as dramatic because this movie's not as satirical right 
Yeah, right. That's fair. But I, I, I think four, four out of six is a good, is a fair rank. Yeah. Um, so. But just for differences, I'll go three and a half out of six. Okay, whatever. That way I we're hate, not the same. I hate you. 3.75. This is sorry. It's just getting worse. All right. Well, that's episode one of the books. Uh, Do you want to uh, get into the quick little next movie introduction? You, what was it? That I, oh, you picked. Oh, 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 yeah. Okay. So next movie. So fun fact, Gavin will be back in two weeks, but there will be another episode next week. And you'll see that when it happens. We're here, I should say. That's going to be a little more of a. Uh, it's a different movie. It's not me. It's a the, the person yeah. who will introduce themselves. But it's going to be yeah. more of a uh, in more depth, a, yeah, analytical, cinematic. Yeah. So analysis. next week, if you want to get ahead of the curve, next week I will be reviewing uh, Possessor with another friend of ours. Um, but yeah, we're going to do a little quick tidbit here. Gavin and I in two weeks will be reviewing 2013's Mama. Uh, directed by Andy Muschietti. Muschietti. And if you're uh, unfamiliar with the movie, um, it's. I'll give you quick synopsis, and then you can check it out for yourself. Be ready for the review. Two girls live in the woods. Ghost raises them. Mom finds them. Ghost kills everybody. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much. That's it. That's the movie. I, I've I saw that movie right when it came out in theaters. I've always loved the movie. Haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters. Um, so that's why I picked it. And I'm super excited to review it. And it's disgusting to say, but it has been basically 10, 10 years. Wow. 10 movies, 10 years since the movie came out. So we ended up rewatch. I personally haven't watched it. I've watched videos on it, uh, but I've never watched it completely. So we'll see how that goes. Oh, also. And before we finish the main actor or actress, apologies in the movie. What is her name? Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain, yes. Mm-hmm. The amazing star of Splice, which <laughs> hope we, I hope we get a chance to review in the future. Oh, God. <laughs> There's your free movie recommendation <laughs> for the week. Honestly. Uh, so that's going to do it here from Gavin and I. If you like the show, uh, I don't know. I think I can just uh, copy and paste what everybody else says. Rate, review, subscribe. Five stars, please. If you're not going to give it five stars, just don't leave a rating, please. Um, let if us you know. If you're not going to be nice, just don't ever talk please, to us. Again. Please, God, don't say anything. I'm, <laughs> I mentally cannot handle it. Thank you. Uh, if you want to reach out, give us future recommendations, whatever the case may be. Let us know how we did. Uh, you can reach us. Oh, okay. Can't do that. Sorry. You can reach us at. What's our at? I missed it. Oh, bloody spork pod at gmail.com so like i said you can give us suggestions leave us feedback leave us reviews whatever the case may be uh i think that's gonna do it i'm dan i'm gavin and that's episode one goodbye see ya